Hi, friends. It's Diane at Sailing Legends Podcast, here bringing you stories and lessons and legends of the sailing world, racers and cruisers and people from all over, sharing how sailing has changed them, how sailing has impacted their life, and who they are as a result of their sailing time. So today, I have a really interesting woman with me. Her name is Lori Conrad, and she is in Dana Point, California. And she has some amazing stories to tell from the California racing scene and the people that she hangs out with and sails with. So I'm so excited to hear these stories from a person who is across the United States from me. And I've only sailed in California a handful of times as guests. So I'm excited to have a guest on the show today that that is her world. So welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is so exciting to talk to another female racer, and you're from a different region. So I like to start the show with asking you to tell us a little bit about your first sailing experience. Like, when did you learn how to sail, and and how was it for you? I first learned how to sail on a sunfish, which is a very small boat where you can usually only fit about two people on it, in camp when I was a kid, and I was probably around 10 or 11, and that's how they taught us how to sail, because those boats are really easy. They just have one sail. You sit on it with your feet in, like, a little compartment, and they're very easy to capsize and then get back up, um, upright them, which is a lot of fun, which was for me, almost the funnest part back then when I was little. And we, I don't remember really racing them. It was just, you know, learning how to sail. So that's a great way to learn how to sail because you can really feel everything. You can feel all parts of the boat. You can feel the wind. Um, and you can make very small um, maneuvers or adjustments. And the boat responds very quickly assuming you have some wind. And so it's, it's a ton of fun. And then my father bought a sunfish when I was a little bit older and we would bring it to Maine every summer when we visited my grandfather on Sebago Lake and we would haul it on top of the car and then haul it down the hill to the lake. And um, he just loved sailing that little boat um, all around the lake. And uh, one time um, my sister took it out by herself and my older sister and she, you know, they could see her, but she was really far away and the wind died. So she's out there completely stranded, no wind. So my father had to take the rowboat out and row out to her and tow her back. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily we had the rowboat. <laughs> right, exactly. And here in Florida, we don't have very much wind a lot of the time in the summer. So whenever we took our dinghies out, we always make sure we have a paddle hidden in there somewhere because you never know if you're going to need it. You just never know. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So when you were first learning how to sail in camp, did you really like it? Did you take to it quickly or was it a slow burn kind of thing? I, I really liked it, but <clears throat> I'll be honest, I didn't love the sunfish because it was just so small. And, you know, every time you come about, you kind of have to duck your head a little bit and, and all that. I had fun playing on it, but it wasn't until I got on bigger boats that I really fell in love with sailing. Wow. So tell us about that. How did you get yourself on bigger boats and what was that like? So my uncle, my dad's brother had a boat in um, Westport, Connecticut. And they, they lived in New York, but they had the boat. 
and it was at Cedar Point Yacht Club, which is a huge racing um, yacht club from the 1800s. And so we went and, you know, we'd go on the boat occasionally with them. And I just liked it because there, there's room, you can walk around and, um, you know, there's more than two people on it. <laughs> you know, I guess that was everything. And then he invited me to race. And that's, you know, when I, I just loved racing. And I also grew up with a great friend. Her dad had a boat on the Sacandaga in upstate New York. That's a big lake. And he would race all the time and we would go with him too. So that's where I fell in love with racing. And I didn't get to really start racing all the time until my kids were older. I lived in Connecticut, right in the central part of the state. So we're about 90 minutes from the water, an hour to 90 minutes from the water. And I called my uncle and I said, can you get me, you know, hooked up on a boat? And he said, sure. And that was just about the time that they were moving away and they were um, leaving the yacht club. But he connected me with, um, you know, whoever was in charge of racing. And I got on a boat there and I would go down for the Wednesday night races every single week. It would take me an hour and a half to drive. And we would just do the Wednesday night races and do the whole, you know, all the boats would take different weeks and they would put the dinner on and we'd all eat together and have the trophies and hang out and play cards and cribbage and all kinds of fun stuff. And so I did that for about seven years. And then um, as circumstances changed, my kids got older and, you know, you can only race in the Northeast about three months out of the year. And I had been out here in California on business trips several times and just fell in love with the weather, the beauty, and realized I could race year round if I moved out here. So I did. Nice. I love it. That's the way to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite position or thing you like about racing? What really turned you on about it? I, when I first started in Connecticut on that particular boat, it was a 38 foot CNC. They put me on four deck because, you know, when you're last on the totem pole, they stick you on four deck or that was the idea that I got. <laughs> and so I did four deck for years and, um, but I like being in the cockpit better. I like release. Um, I like doing the main. I like to drive. Um, so I guess being in the cockpit is my favorite. Oh, that's great. In fact, well, down here in Florida, our Fordeck people are cherished because Fordeck is the most dangerous position on the boat. And it also requires so much more skill as far as balance and strength and all of that kind of thing. So here we, we cherish our Fordeck people and uh, it's cool to be in the cockpit too. But um, here, if you were sailing Fordeck, you would have a really nice experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're appreciated here too. It's just not, um, you know, it's not overboard um, appreciated. I, I don't know. They're, they're appreciated here too. I guess, you know, when I was out there, it was just everybody else wanted to be in the cockpit. So they took the first dibs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So are you racing out in California now? Yes, I race. Uh, we have 
something called Farkles, which has been going on for over 30 years, I believe. And right out um, around the buoys off of Dana Point Harbor, every Thursday afternoon, the race starts at two. There is no race committee and everything's on your honor based on your rating. And we all just race around the buoys and then come back and, you know, go to the yacht club. So I do that year round. That, that is every Thursday unless it's Thanksgiving or if like this year, 4th of July was on a Thursday. Uh, so we raced on Friday instead. And then there's multiple series races out here. There's, um, you know, Dana Point has a series, Dana West will have a series, there's regattas, there's charity regattas, there are longer distance races that we do from like Long Beach to Dana Point is coming up, um, uh, Newport to Dana, Dana Point we usually do every year, I did around Catalina Island this year, that was an overnight race, and then the largest, I believe, international race in the country is Newport to Ensenada. And so I did that for the first time this year. That was an experience. Wow. Tell us about that. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. There was, I think there was over 200 boats. Um, They don't all start at the same time, obviously, but it's a, it's a very big race. And uh, Dana Point Yacht Club always has a lot of boats that enter. And it's, that's been happening for years and years and years. I think it's been 50 years um, that race has been going on. So he starts in Newport Beach and it starts on Friday. And we got into Ensenada about 4.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. So it's, um, we had seven crew, we did spinnaker and, um, you know, we'd have three, four hour watches all night long. And the rain, uh, the wind traditionally dies uh, at night down there and in the morning which it did but we ended up having good wind and we had a great time and you know it's just a lot of teamwork and um patience and a lot of fun oh that sounds really really cool so when you're out I mean, down here, I'm just kind of curious, when, when we're racing overnight races here, there's a lot of phosphorescence in the water, and sometimes we get, like, even more wind at night, but you're saying you get less wind at night there? Yeah, there's, when, when you leave on Friday around 11, I think the race starts, by the time you get down to San Diego, past San Diego, um, <clears throat> sometimes the wind will die in the afternoon, you know, and then you can't even get to San Diego. Um, some people have done Newport to Ensenada and they get to San Diego after 12 hours and they're like, we're done. We're, we're gonna, we're just going back. You know, we're not going to go all the way to Mexico, but it's very, um, it's very usual that once you get down that far South about evening time, nighttime, I think it died probably around nine, 10 o'clock at night for us. And it stayed that way until about 10 o'clock the next morning, Saturday morning. So what did you do to uh, stay focused on the race while you're sitting there waiting for wind? How, how does that work with your crew? Did you have anybody get really frustrated at, at the lack of wind or any crew challenges? Because sometimes that can be really tricky, you know? There wasn't, there wasn't any of that because I think it was all, we knew that it would probably happen anyway. Um, and, you know, there were, at least half the crew I think had done Ensenada before. And so it's not unusual. Um, We just keep trying to think of things to do, put the pole out, 
put it up, take it down, you know, change the sales. I think we changed the sales like four times. Um, but uh, yeah, so luckily we were kind of prepared. Oh, that's great. That's where local knowledge and people who've done those kind of races before pays off for the whole boat because it's like, that's okay. This is normal. It's going to be all right. You know, instead of somebody going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, right. that's really funny. So how is it for you in, in in your racing career, being a woman on the boat? Well, it's funny you ask that because my Newport to Ensenada was all women crew. Nice. Good. And there were only two boats in, well, it was in our class, right? Two boats in our, there were very few all women crew boats in that race. And um, we came in second in the all women, but uh you know, my, my skipper, Cindy Wynn, has done it many, many times, and she loves doing all-women crew. So I've started sailing with her all-women crew for some of the series races, too. And it's, it's a different vibe. You know, it just depends on who, what men you're sailing with, how much they want to kind of take control and tell you what to do. <laughs> Um, which which can happen and, and does happen sometimes. But I've sailed with a lot of men that aren't like that at all, and they're just great team members, and, and it's really fun and, um, you know, a lot of laughs. But it really is fun sailing with all women too. It's just, it's just a different fun thing to do. Oh, that's really cool. So do you have an experience in any of your racing that pops out that, that you would like to share about that, that helped you – appreciate more or even learn more the the um oh the connection and the camaraderie and the the care for each other because when you're out at sea at night you know everybody's life is in each other's hands and so is there an experience or an opportunity or something that's happened that that kind of drove that home point home to you even further well i did have um i actually broke my leg sailing um, which it wasn't on an overnight race. It was just a regular Wednesday night um, race. And that was back in Connecticut. It was uh, short about a year before I moved out here. And, you know, that it'll, it'll, it's a good example of how much you're depending on the other people on the boat and that sailing is a very serious safety, um, you know, sport. You have to really be aware of safety. But what happened with me was I was on the foredeck doing what I always do. And I, I went from the mast to go jump down to skirt the sail, you know, bring it into the lifelines. And I just heard a big crack. <gasps> and then I was like, there's no way I can put any weight on my ankle on my foot. And so what happened? So, you know, Lori on the boat comes running up. Are you okay? Are you okay? You know, because she was, uh, you know, just really good about like watching what was happening on the foredeck, number one, and um, saw that I went down. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and long story short, so we, uh, I had to get out of the way. So I scooted up by the mast, put a cold beer on my ankle because we didn't have any ice and just waited and we ended up winning the race by three minutes which was really great it was the last race of the season it was in late august and the guys had to carry me off the boat up you know up to her car all the way up the um you know from the boat up to the car and she took me to the er and they said they took a 
x-ray and said, I guess they told me I had a fracture or whatever. And so sent me home with some Percocet, I think. And my sister had to come down 90 minute drive to come pick me up, you know, at, I don't know, 830 at night. And long story short, I had a friend that was an orthopedic surgeon and he got me into his office the next day for, uh, for a real x-ray and see what it was. And I had broken not only, um, several bones in my ankle, but also ripped all the tendons off my, you know, my shin bone, whatever that is, and another fracture up top. That's why it hurt so much. <laughs> and I was in a wheelchair for three months. I oh. couldn't put any weight on it for three months. And I had surgery. I have, I have now, I don't know, four screws and a plate in my ankle. And so that was late August. And so I was in a wheelchair until close to Christmas is still on crutches for probably a month after that. And that's when I um, had put my condo on the market so I could move back out, move out to California. And I sold my place in May and I had recovered enough to go back and race with them for the first race in May the following year and then moved out here to California. Wow. So I, yeah, so it did, you know, I recovered. I didn't skip a beat. I, I think it was just a wacky thing and it's not going to stop me from sailing. No, you probably just hit that just right. Cause you know, when you're diving down the foredeck like that, that can happen. And you know, your ankle and your foot's what stops you. And mm -hmm. you must've hit it just at the right way that it couldn't hold it. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So luckily it happened and I recovered over the winter when I couldn't sail anyway and uh, worked out fine. That's perfect. And so here down here, our, one of our race, biggest racing season is the winter and uh, we have our summer evening sailing, but we have light air in the summer here. So most of our regattas go from September to May. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. so, so it's just in interesting, but Oh my gosh, I felt your pain when you said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fellowship and connection though with, you know, with, on a team sport where everybody, you know, helped you out and continued to help you out. So that's cool. And it's yeah. neat that you got to go back and race on the boat before you moved. Yes. Yes. And we used to win a lot. It was lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's really fun. So talk to us a little bit about because you love the adrenaline of racing. I can hear that in your voice. So talk to us a little bit about how, how racing itself, racing sailboats, has served you in your life. It's something that, well, first of all, I think it's about being on the water. I just love, love, love being on the water. And that's, that's really a huge, huge part of sailing is... Um, just this connection to the water and being out there and it lets me forget about everything and I just love the teamwork you know I love the teamwork and you know how doing small tiny little things can let you beat somebody by 20 seconds you know and it's just the thrill of all that and the strategy that's involved the strategy the you know, I, I've sailed, and especially out here too, with a lot of different really experienced sailors, sailors that have done the Transpac multiple times, you know, um, like serious stuff. And it's just really inspiring 
to see all that knowledge and it's it's the same like we didn't we did a race recently where we had the gps wasn't working and so we had to figure it out you know we had to figure out where we were going and what we were doing and you know we had a chart and so you can go back to olden times <laughs> you know and rely on what you know how to do to succeed and we ended up coming in first that day and you know we didn't have to rely on any instruments and so it's it's all those things put together oh that's amazing you know that that's really a good point you bring up that i know some new sailors that gps is all they know as far as navigation and if the gps goes out you need to know how to navigate <laughs> you know you need to know how to do it the old-fashioned way or the authentic way or whatever way, but the GPS is not the God of, of navigation, you know? Yeah. When I took, I took some lessons back in the eighties um, and they taught us how to read the charts and, you know, do the whole thing. And I don't remember even using GPS in, in those, um, you know, in those lessons at all. And, you know, GPS is awesome. It's really great when, you know, it can calculate the current as well, you know, as when you're going to a mark rather than just, you know, going straight for the mark and, you know, accounting for current and things like that. It's awesome. But um, I don't know. There's just, there's so much to learn and it's just, it's thrilling. And, um, it's out being in nature. It's being in real, real nature. Mm, yeah. There's nothing more powerful than the wind and the sea. Yeah. You have no, you have no control over it. You know, all you can do is use your boat as best you can with what you're given and, um, and then win with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then win with that. There's the operative word there. Win. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was listening to us, listening to you tell the story uh, and how excited you are about racing, but and they're, they're, maybe they sail a little or maybe they even sail a lot and they're really curious about, maybe I want to try racing or something like that, but they're not really sure and they're hearing your excitement and, and my excitement about racing, what would you tell them about <laughs> racing? I would tell them to just try it, you know, and I think what people don't know is that you don't have to be rich to be, to be a sailor. You don't have to own a boat. You can just crew for somebody else and you can actually walk the docks um, depending on if you can walk the docks where you are and say, when you know there's races going on and say, you know, do you need crew? Do you need a hand? And a lot of skippers will say, sure, come on board. And you don't even have to have experience. A lot of skippers will take you if you don't have a lot of experience and just teach you. Skippers usually need crew. And you can also go to a yacht club and just, you know, call them up, contact the race committee or uh, who's ever in charge of the races and say, you know, I really want to race, but I don't know anybody and I need a boat to get on. And, you know, hopefully they'll get you on somewhere. And then you just get started. And, you know, crew is needed the i'm really excited for your podcast i am because the sport of sailing i think is declining you know i hear it from a lot of the 
older sailors that I race with and they say, you know, there used to be a hundred boats in this race every year and now there's only 45 and, you know, that's a big difference. And so I don't want people to think that you have to be rich to race or go sailing. You can, there's um, like around here, there's the women's sailing association and, they're always looking for people to like, you know, come with me. I need to take my boat up to Long Beach, you know, or they need crew for races. And so it's, it's a really very welcoming sport. Um, I have found it that way. And I see that, you know, for other people that come along that just want to learn. And, uh, you know, it's always good to take some lessons because then you're a little farther ahead, but uh, just, just go for it, go for it and see if you like it. Yes. I, I love your advice. I love your advice because, you know, you kind of have to jump into it and see how it feels to you, you know, and, and go have a good time. And sailors are a huge group of very welcoming, amazing people. When I travel, I travel a lot with my work and I like to go to different yacht clubs when I'm traveling, even if it's just to go feel the vibe of the place, you know, and and mm -hmm. no matter where I am, when they hear that I, where I'm from and that I, I race sailboats and I love sailing, then I'm part of their family immediately. And that's how it is when people visit our yacht club. You know, they come from all over to Davis Island and they will, you know, be immediately welcomed like they're part of the family. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people think it's, um, you know, the whole yacht club um, vibe is for, you know, navy blue blazers and all that kind of stuff. And there are yacht clubs like that, but most of them aren't. Most of them are very laid back and, um, you know, welcoming and casual and, and that kind of stuff. So I, it's just a great sport. It's a great sport. It's great for families. Uh, my uncle, you know, they would all go sailing every weekend in the summer, the whole family. He had four kids. I had four cousins and, um, it's a great family sport. Yes. I'm glad you brought that um, family part up. I was raised sailing. So for me, it was always our family. And, and that's an important thing to realize. I know a lot of people, in fact, somebody I race with now, he, his daughter, I remember meeting them when she was quite young and she just won, I think a, one of the um, sailing junior championships recently. And, and she started out, sailing you know when she was a child with her mom and dad on their boat so there's all kinds of ways to get involved in family our family sailed together the whole time my brother and myself and my parents all growing up yeah that's just fabulous yes there's so much to it so if you could look back on your sailing career and look forward on all the things that you want to do with sailing what are one, what's a vision or a dream you have of something you'd like to experience that maybe you haven't experienced yet regarding sailing? I'd like to just do more driving and, you know, whether or not I ever buy a boat or not is another, is another thing. It's, I have the itch for that. Um, so that's a possibility. That might be something that I would want to do because when you have your own boat, you normally drive it and then you get your own crew to do you know, all the other stuff. Right. So, um, so that's, that's something that I've been toying with. I'm not sure, you know, um, here in Dana Point, you have to get on the list for a slip 
it takes, you know, it's like a 10 year wait list. Um, so a lot of people will get on the list and sometimes they get lucky, you know, they'll find a boat after three years that's got a slip or something like that. So I, I've been thinking about that, you know, um, and, and just doing a little more driving rather than crewing. Oh, that's really cool. That's a, that's a neat vision to have. I love it. That's, that would be really fun. And then you could be one of the skippers welcoming new people. Like you could be an, a new ambassador in a different way for people who are starting out. That would be really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So how does sailing interact with or impact your professional life? I, I don't know that it impacts my professional life. I work from home. I have my own company and I do internet marketing for small businesses, local businesses, real estate agents, things like that. And, you know, I do their advertising and uh, lead generation and things. So for me, the, the best way that it's impacted me is that I can, I can go out on Thursday afternoon because I have my own business. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of people can't do that. You know, they work you know, a regular job or they just have their schedule where they can't just leave on Thursday at one thirty and, you know, go out and sail all afternoon. So that's been, that's been a great part of it. Um, I don't really, I don't mix and mingle it too much. Um, occasionally I'll talk to somebody about, you know, if they're interested in what I do, you know, for them, um, as a client or something, but mostly the best part it does for me is just give me a way to get out in nature, forget everything and de-stress. Mm, yes. Even though it's a race. <laughs> so there's a paradox there, right? A mm -hmm. race is de-stressing. Yes. And it's funny because I've talked to other people who stop racing because they think it's stressful, you know, and for me, it's the opposite, total opposite. It, it gets me, I don't know, it's just fun and it's exciting and I don't get, you know, I don't, it, if we lose, you know, it's not going to make me feel worse or anything like that. Um, I just, I just like the fun of it. Oh, that's really amazing. I love that. So is there anything that I didn't ask you about or anything you thought that you might want to share that we haven't covered yet before we start winding the show down? Well, you, we already did cover it, you know, the whole issue of getting into sailing and getting and moving past any myths or fears about getting into the sport um, because I think in the movies they portray, you know, yacht clubs and yachting as this big hoity-toity thing. Um, you'll find that mostly you're going to find salty dogs, um, at least at a lot of the yacht clubs I've been to. And I've been to New York Yacht Club several times. Um, it is very different <laughs> than other yacht clubs. You do have the, you know, navy blue blazers on Saturday nights. But... Um, it's there's just so many fun people and uh i would say I, I would just really encourage people to take take the next step and see see if you like it because the sport is declining i think and uh 
not really sure why, but I hope, I hope it doesn't keep doing that. Well, we'll just know and see more and more people being attracted to this great, amazing sport and the people in it and appreciating that it's enjoyable racing and cruising by children, men, women, everybody. It's just not an all-guy sport, and it's just not a high-end, go-after-it sport. You can race on lots of different levels and lots of different ways, like you have so wonderfully pointed out, that it doesn't all have to be one way. So hopefully people will start hearing there's all kinds of diversity and different ways to get engaged, and we'll take that plunge, take that risk at least once to see what it's all about. Yeah, and and I have friends that, um, you know, race on the smaller boats, and you know, where there's, there's only like two or three people in the boat and sabots and all that kind of thing. So there's all different levels. Some people love the little boats, you know, where it's just you and you're out there by yourself and, you know, cruising around and you're very close to the water when you're on smaller boats, when you're on bigger boats, you know, you're several feet up away. So it's all different experiences. Yes, which is a good reason why it's good to go to the local yacht club and just meet people and get on different boats and try out different people, different personalities, different boats, different size of boats. There's so many options that there's bound to be something that someone would enjoy if they gave it a shot. Right. And there's, you know, a lot of, you don't have to have a boat. That's another myth, I think, is that people think they need to own a boat to belong to a yacht club. Um, totally not true and we have lots of social members that are just interested in sailing and so they join the yacht club as a social member and then they get involved you know in uh, raft ups and you know um, trips over to Catalina or this and that and so you just you just hop on somebody else's boat and go you know you don't have to own the boat. Yes, that's very good. So is there anything else on your mind that you would want to make sure everybody hears? Can't think of anything, Diane. No, I'm not thinking of anything either. (laughs) Lori, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for sharing your enthusiasm. Just hearing it in your voice gives me goosebumps of how exciting racing is. And and I feel the same way. I I love racing. I I race when I'm delivering boats, I think sometimes. And I... (laughs) I just love it. So I want to thank you for being on this show and being part of the amazing sport that it is and for keeping on going even after you broke your leg. Yes. Thanks, Diane. Thanks so much for having me. Well, everybody, you have been listening to Lori Conrad from Dana Point, California, talk about the passion of racing sailboats, and she is on it as I am. I love racing sailboats. So remember that. You have the opportunity to go sailing if you want to, or simply listen to all the great stories from everyone on this podcast. If you have any requests, make sure you email me. That will be in the show notes. And remember that until the next episode of the Sailing Legends podcast, may you have fair winds and following seas. Be well.